Welcome back to Less Than 10, an EVE Online small gang PvP podcast. In this episode, we'll be trying something a little bit new. I'll start off the episode by sitting down with a director in Kronos Ritual and talking about the recent announcement of Sino changes, and then Pharaoh and I will take an in-depth look into the communication of small gang and use an example from a video that we shouted out in a previous episode. Due to real-life conflicts, Pharaoh and I recorded these segments at different times during the week, and we put them together as kind of an experiment for you guys to listen to, so we'd love to hear your feedback after the episode. Before we dive into the content, I just want to give a shout-out to our sponsor corporation for this episode, uh, The Azier. They're the same corporation from last episode, but we wanted to correct some information. They now live in a C2 with a Nullsec C5 static, so they have joined the infamous ranks of C2 Null Corps, harassing Nullsec. Uh, they're a tight player group that goes back about nine years uh, for their core players, and they're looking to recruit. So if you are interested in getting into small gang, if you're interested in getting involved in the wormhole PvP gameplay, then join Thor, T-H-O-R, pub, in-game. That's their in-game channel. And start talking to them about getting involved. Uh, when I spoke with them earlier this week, they had been involved in some evictions of some other wormhole groups. And so they had limited their recruiting a little bit. But they would love to talk to you guys and, yeah, get involved. They're an active group, and it sounds like it would be a great opportunity. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So sitting down with me today is Jan Scharchstuski, one of the directors of Kronos Ritual. Hi. And uh, so we're going to talk about the recent Sino changes that were announced. Um, CCP Rise put up a dev block just talking about they're going to change it so that the standard Sino generator can only be fit to Force Recons and Black Ops. And then as part of that change, they're allowing jump freighters to jump to covert sinos. Um, so I, I asked Yan specifically to come hang out and chat with me about it because uh, Yan, you jump, you drop uh, dreads with some groups in Great Wildlands on occasion, right? I do. I drop with, um, well, with uh, Bad Game Design is who I used to drop with. They recently uh, folded after being in Nolsek and Ayashalupin for a while. They had uh, they had mixed feelings about how they should do things and kind of got kicked. But anyways, they yeah, I did. We did it all a lot. We dropped on pretty much anything above subcap size in dreads, and anything below subcap size, we drop with uh, carriers. Cool. So, yeah, I was, like, thinking a lot on how this is going to affect small gang from the perspective of, you know, like, we're roaming an area of space and, you know, sinos are not uncommon. It's it's pretty common for us to get supers or dreads dropped, um, you know, especially, like, if we're attacking a or something. 
but I w- was talking with Feral and we we're thinking like, okay, well, how's this also going to affect groups like that are, you know, focused on hunting big kills like supers and, and dropping dreads? How's this going to affect um, blocks, black ops groups, stuff like that? And so I figured it would be cool to chat with you and try to think about where we think that the, the change is going to push people and what some of the consequences might be. Yeah, some of the, I mean, the, the initial consequence that comes to mind for me specifically would be cost, huge cost increase. I mean, traditionally, we'd use, you know, we're using all methods to track things, such as uh, you're watching the in-game map for any Sinos, you're using tunes in, in different systems to watch local, which also is not a thing that you can really do right now. You're, you've got heretics with uh, combat probes and uh, and and sinos that are in various uh, systems that are normally jumped through. All all these sorts of things are pretty much obsolete at the moment. So, if you're a small group that's not being funded by something larger, it's 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 an incredible cost increase. Like, yeah, you could potentially do something kind of kind of different like if if you needed to sino in your 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 things be it dreads or carriers you could you know have a black ops that could uh could could bridge a t3c to some place that could bridge a that could inter- be interdiction nullified to get you to get somewhere that a uh, bomber or an Arazu wouldn't have an easy time. And then you could then use that T3C to bridge an Arazu rapier, pilgrim, Falcon, whatever, so that you could bridge your caps. But still, I mean, you're talking three to four tunes just to get to that place so that you can, and and a, a considerable SP increase to to the need as opposed to just like a three day old four day old tune that's been injected that you use as an alt that can just sit on a citadel in a less than a million esque ship. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking. Like the skill point investment is much higher as well. Um, and then you know, in the past, one person could do a you know all of your navigation really that you need and that won't be the case um when sinos get changed um also like things like sino naris is just for traveling will no longer be you know um moving through different systems and null we'd see narises on keep stars with you know 24 7 sino lit and i think that's gonna push null sec empires to really invest more in um the jump gates and using those uh, efficiently and maybe even using more wormhole transportation for their logistics backbone or something along those lines. Um, But yeah, definitely like before you could just send a a scepter pilot or, you know, a very low skilled uh, character with a small ship uh, and could, could get anywhere you needed to. And, for us, you know, as far as small gang goes, it, that was like one of the biggest frustrations is that any small ship that showed up on grid could have a Sino. Um, and 
chances were if we started escalating a fight and we started bringing in bigger ships or bigger doctrines or anything along those lines, then it, it was a very quick response to get, you know, for the enemies to get a Sino to our location to drop supers on us. So I think as far as defenses go, we'll have a lot more options as far as escalating because there just won't be as many Sinos present, um, right? Just them being limited to being on certain ships really allows us to kind of focus on how to control the grid, get a Sino inhib down um, early because the you know ships that we're tackling can't have the Sino on it. And then um, one thing I was talking about with like Feral is the idea of Saber alts being kind of more important now because you can have a Saber alt controlling an in gate uh, and if they are going to bring a Sino, it probably has to come through a specific direction. And so that's going to be like, I think one of the, the cool things is you're going to have more ability to control the grid that you are escalating on and more ability to control choke points. Um, and that could really allow for like really good opportunities. Well, a, another aspect that that I like when thinking about this is you've always had projection force projection so easily in in nullsec and this is really going to limit things in in more than one facet i've i remember when i was you know trying out nullsec here or there whenever somebody was asking for a sino sometimes it was difficult even in the bigger alliances people would be, people would fumble and now when you have such a specific need for ship type and skill that's going to be that's going to be even more detrimental for like the 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 line member because i i i don't know about you but anytime i've experienced null from from an outside perspective or an inside perspective i've noticed that people aren't really rich like some people are but for, for the most part most people really aren't they depend on srp they depend on they depend on on ships being given to them or handed out for fleets a lot of times in in like P Horde or in in any new type of like brave newbies all those guys those guys kind of do that kind of thing and the gap that will be formed from this court sort of a change is going to be considerable. I mean, how how many people have like a Sino alt right now that has like no SP but is on one of your alts accounts that you could just at any time move a, a cap with pretty much anybody that's been around for more than two years. Oh yeah. Every one of my characters can light Sinos. Like I, and I live in a wormhole, so there's no need for it, but like every single one of my characters can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's really going to change the projection so much. And I mean, even on a larger scale, like, like goons won't just easily be able to figure out, this is the path we need to take. They're actually going to need to build something because you can't just have a neighbors there now. So you're going to actually have to build one of those uh, beacons on a structure, which is going to be vulnerable. So they're going to have to push their projection towards that to get to a place. I mean, yeah, you could just use a black ops or whatever, but there's always, I mean, it's still a bigger vulnerability in my opinion. Yeah, I think like one of the key changes 
or one of the key things that I think this change opens the door for is it allows the potential for mistakes, right? And I, I think so much of EVE mechanics that are, at least in from my perspective, enjoyable is when it allows for me to take advantage of a mistake my opponent makes. Um, and there's, you know, certain mechanics like the panic module on Auroracle or things like that, that there's there's really no way to, like, mess it up, right? Like, you hit one button and it's you're invulnerable um and so having things that are more skill-based or more knowledge-based um allows the opportunity for mistakes to happen i mean we even now you look at sinos and how often people forget to put ozone in their cargo or something and uh so i think stuff like this is good at least for from my perspective you know as a small ganger um where someone may respond or try to to bring a sino or something and if they're not going to execute it properly like even executing it properly will take longer but then if they mis make a mistake and don't execute something properly that gives us an opportunity to capitalize on those mistakes and um that leads to more interesting gameplay well it's going to be a hundred percent more interesting right away because we have as a, as a small ganger what this translates to me instantaneously is if they don't have a recon or a, or a blops on grid, they are going to get a Sino and Hib down on them. I am always going to have a Sino and Hib with me now, no matter what. And it's going to be so much more powerful for us to have a small amount of Logi that can just at least hold it up against Rorqual drones that it's going to be way worth it. Yeah, in the past when we would tackle Oracle, we would try to put down a Sino and Hib early, but it wasn't because we actually thought it was useful. Like I remember having this conversation early on with like you, Jocastus, a couple others as we were like kind of theory crafting and talking about it. And like the main idea was you put a Sino and Hib down as soon as you can, not because you're you're gonna keep them from lighting a Sino, but because that forces a decision for them to light it as early as possible. Right, like it's it was one hundred percent just about the ten minute window where that sino is up and they're gonna be able to bring anything in and getting that to happen as fast as possible. Um, and so like that was like that was the motivating factor for sino and hib. Now it actually has a purpose. Now it can actually potentially be used um, so that you know if they want to try and get a pilgrim or a, a rapier or um, I don't. I don't think people use black ops as much for those kinds of response type situations. But if they want to bring a, a rapier over from two jumps away, that inhib will be down, and they've got to light it at range, which allows you to do things with bubbles or allows you to react in in more dynamic ways. And I think that's really cool. Another thing that I think a lot of people haven't really thought about with it is. Uh, our alts are specialized. The reason people do alts in Eve is a very, very specific purpose. Like I have an industrial alt that has trained industrial skills forever and does industrial things. I have a subcap skill set that I have on certain tunes because I wanted them to be able to do subcaps. Same as a lot of people train specifically towards supers, titans, uh Rorquals, uh carriers, and that's the skill sets that they've 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 put into their tune's head because that's where they wanted to do with that tune. 
they needed to separate because to do it all on one guy is going to just take forever or be extremely costly. And, and this is going to be, this is going to change some of that because yeah, you could use your subcap tune to go and be your force recon or your bops tune or whatever. But what if that's only skilled up on your tune that has your facts that you used your, for your facts alt or what if that's on your, your, your super alt that you actually need to drop with it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna really boot bolster the market as well because people are gonna have to either be injecting this or training this yeah and i think heavy or getting uh cruiser five you know that's such a much more dedicated uh time window than you know getting <laughs> like sino one that you can light on an atron like it's it is a big big difference well, a lot of those those skills don't really translate to capital play either, which is what you're using the Sino for. Those those skills only translate to like stuff we do. Um, yes, yeah, more small game wormhole. Yeah, I was gonna say or black ops. Yeah, like wormhole gameplay with like cloaking and kind of that more um, like uh, ambush type gameplay. Yeah, it's not what the big blocks generally do. They generally have a cheap battleship doctrine. Um, they have sometimes they do T two hacks, like the Munin thing is really common nowadays. Yeah, Munins and Serbs, and then usually they'll have like you know their their umbrella um, is kind of their large scale opportunity. I'm wondering as well if we'll see more situations where a group is moving capitals and has the opportunity to get ambushed by a group setting up. Like, I think back to when the Russians were moving and they had to go through, like, a regional area or something, and they got ambushed by uh, Skillu and that alliance. And what I'm, I'm curious if we'll see more of that because it feels like capitals may have to use beacons more often um, or or be going to more designated places consistently, so that it becomes a predictable you know location that that people are going to be jumping to or something along those lines. Well, I, I don't know exactly the numbers on this, but I don't I don't think the average player in Null has like way more than like five to ten bill in their wallet. So if you think about how much these ships are going to cost, like I wouldn't if if if. Like where I'm sitting now in Eve, I've been playing since pretty heavy since 2011 with Yan. Um, I don't really want to risk the price of a of, of a Force Recon to like like literally if we saw Force Recon lighting on Astra who's in our in our crux in our in our null six static, we would absolutely pull tornadoes out and try and go blap him. Just instantly. That's that's exactly where our mindset would be. That's what we'd want to do. And this guy is out there, and he's going to be risking a 250 to 300 mil ship just just to move a carrier. That doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like it's it's cost uh, cost effective to me. That's not something I'd want to do. Let alone a blops. That's a bill hole. It's just ridiculous, and I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be. Very interesting moving forward to see how, like in particular, just the Nolsec big blocks um, decide to 
navigate around that. Um, and yeah, go from there. I think I think what what we initially started talking about though to go kind of full circle, I think small hunters, small whalers, small groups that depend on um, dreads to kill caps are going to be the people that are hurt the most from this. I think it's going to benefit small gang a considerable amount. I think it'll change how big groups work, but it won't really be super detrimental except for the guys that are super, uh, that right now don't really want to depend on anyone else. They just want to do things on their own. But for the, for the people like that I used to drop with in GW until like just a few months ago, those are the guys that are going to get hit the hurt hardest by it. Do you think that's just because it'll take more prep work to get a Sino there? Or do you think it's because of, uh, you know, having only a few pilots or what do you think the, the main crux of why that will hurt them is? All right. So say you're hunting a super that, you know, is moving through GW right now. You have an idea of the name. You, you've seen him light one Sino. You saw the tunes names in systems. You saw, uh, you saw the hell on scan for a brief moment. And you, uh, you got the, this is like way back when, when we had local and you see the two names, right? So you see one disappear because it self-destructed itself out or it's running to go get another Sino to light. So, Right there, you have one tune in that system that's hunting, that's watching the super, that's figuring out the ranges that you, you have somebody helping you figure out ranges. You have other people that are logging on their alts that are trying to do uh, agent finders to figure out where that alt is going if that's the only alt they're using for lighting Sinos. So that's two tunes you're using right away. Plus you need to have dread alts that's another tune that you'd have right away. Plus you need a tackler. That's another tune you'd need right away. So if you add more to this and more skill points, the three or four people that were amazing hunters that were doing all those roles by themselves and using six accounts to do so need even more now just to do their what they were doing with like that many accounts. And it's adding so many more variables that it's just you'd need more people or and which they already all usually have a lack of with those kinds of groups and you'd need more skill points you can't just have like easy throwaway tunes it's 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 a considerable increase it really is and it's such a cool thing that they do i mean that's it's incredible to watch it work like them keeping like like You'd be keeping track of all the timers in the region. If you were hunting GW, you'd be keeping track of, you'd be watching the map constantly because I don't know if you can have bots tell you that, that things are popping up when they are, but I know those guys didn't. They they were constantly vigilant of the map to watch for signers to go up. They had to have like people that were able to jump back and forth to locator agents in high sec, so they had to have those tunes online. Plus, they had to have people that were ready to run around in a heretic to scan and find uh, the targets once they figured out where they were probably going. You know, I mean, it's yeah, you're using all kinds of intel. You're using 
Z-Kill to figure out what direction they might be going in because this is the group they're with. You know, I mean, it's it's so incredibly intricate that I, I think adding anything else to it is just going to break those people. They'll just cry. But it's it's intense, and and when it and when it pays off, it's it's incredibly rewarding. Just like anything else in Eve, the harder you have to work for it, it's the more incredibly uh, rewarding it is. Uh, it's funny because like we've seen it on Reddit, like Reddit's a dumpster fire right now, and I think like I don't know, I'm of two minds. I feel like obviously I'm not a fan of the current sign of mechanics, but. I also think like maybe having a few more ships available to light Sinos wouldn't be a bad thing. They did mention that this was just the first iteration and that I I saw Exuki say in Praise Bob Discord that uh, that he reiterated that fact that uh, who was it? It wasn't Falcon, it was uh, was it Rise? It was Rise that put out the dev blog, but yeah, I think like as it goes forward, they can look at metrics or whatever their their factors that they're considering, and they could scale it back. And I I always think back to Ishtar's when they were changed. They were changed in an iterative process, um, and so I think that is an option is to like add in a few other ships that could do it. That you know I'm, I'm not saying like make them available to scepters, <laughs> but like you know. Uh, adding in the the possibility of them to be used on heavy interdictors um, or, or, you know, a few other ships that could open up a a wide range of opportunities. It's, 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 it is up in the air right now. I I think it's a, it's a definite look in the correct direction because I, I, how many nights have we sat there and just with our mouths agape because of how broken the mechanics are for, for for Sinos currently, that we I mean, it, basically, if you are not one hundred percent brain damaged, you'll survive in a Rorqual, in Esoteria or Delve. That's just the that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, if if you can press F one to light that Sino, you can you can survive. If you can press F two to light that Panic, you're gonna make it. You're gonna be all right, buddy. You just gotta be. Yeah, or uh, like fraternity space. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like all the examples of how many times we've had potential fights, and even if we couldn't like kill the Oracle, you know, if it if it were something where subcaps had to come, or or something along those lines, you know, like there's just so much more fun to be had. Like, there's just so much more opportunity. Like. We've we've tackled stuff in th- with three or four guys, and they and it's oh you know four faxes and you know ten supers get dropped and you're like oh, okay like <laughs> you know it's just like why remember that time Frat brought the carrier on grid with our wormhole and we were all out there and we're like we can take this let's get Lashax let's do this. And then we just go out there and we're like, we've got this. No way they're going to bring more. And then all the carriers and faxes come through and we're just like, yeah, we probably should have thought about that a little more before we did that. But at that time, it was so engageable in our heads. And then there was that one... Well, there was also a fight where we had four 
Dracovix and two Guardians, I think, or maybe it was three Guardians and like four Dracovix. It was very low numbers, but it was against 30 Caracals and they had lo- like one or two Bazzies. So we were like, all right, like it, we're way outnumbered, but we were like, we're going to do it. And, and, you know, we were like, their subcap fleet is way more than enough to just demolish us. And then, like, as soon as we start fighting and we all in one of their bazzies, they light a Sino and they bring in carriers and they bring in dreads and it's just like bring in faxes. It's like, why? Like, that was just point. Like, it's just, you know, one of those situations. And it's like, I get it. We're in their space, whatever. They can do whatever they want. It's just like they're denying, you deny yourself content. And then, like, then there's a complaint about how things are so static and and how things weren't fun and it's just hilarious to me like anytime a yeah like without griping on null seckers too much anytime a null secker complained about lack of content i just kind of would say well it's your own fault like <laughs> uh, you know that's just the reality of null sec like you, you blew up with people around you and you drop your you know the hammer on everything that enters your space like that's just reality for you so i think what they're doing currently is intelligent in a business thought process because to me eve translates to a few a few key factors to 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 not only get but to maintain their player count and the first factor is the same thing that we've all heard since we were pups in the game is join a corp, talk to people, get on comms, make friends. That's going to be the first thing that keeps you in Eve and helps you helps it not be so immense. So, so mountainous that you just can't get a grip on what you're trying to do in the game. But the second thing, and the thing that, that, that drives you and I so strongly is the PVP challenge. The going out there, uh, really trying you out yourself and your fleet to see what you can accomplish, and the PvP, the the especially if you've gone out there and earned that ship, if if that ship is yours through your own doing, that is is such an impactful feeling. Is it, it the rush is is unlike any other. I mean, we, we've all felt those handshakes. We've all felt that 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 thrill and that extreme loss and it's it's an incredible game for that reason but these changes are really pushing this these changes are forcing people to engage or forcing people to to have some unknown in their lives that that are really going to push the game to to either get people out there that have never done this sort of thing that let we do daily to try it and have those experiences that we've had and learn to love Eve as much as we do. I don't know. Maybe I was too passionate there. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think that that is what I feel this game was built on. And I feel like that is what it should stay true to is the idea of risk reward you know uh these like core eve values that make it enjoyable and and make it challenging long term and i think that is what is gonna like keep eve going like long term and so yeah so i'm excited me too 
I am very, very optimistic. Hesitantly optimistic, but very optimistic and indeed. I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right. So let's get into our main topic that we wanted to talk about tonight, and that would be communication in small gang. I think we've kind of brought it up on the podcast a few different times, but we wanted to dive into it and instead of doing it in a format that is uh, a lecture type format we wanted to take raw comms from a fight and go through and analyze it yeah so we have this fight we shattered it out a few episodes ago and it was a fight i was involved in um and you know we're not going to go through the entire video of it we're just going to kind of cut all the really significant com specific sections out for you guys and commented on it as we kind of watch it together so yeah so pharaoh since you were in this fight, um, want to give just kind of a, an overview of what ships we had and kind of how the roam slash fight kind of started. Yeah, sure. We were just roaming out of our Nullsec static, and we uh, we scouted like a couple Gnosis and stuff like ships like that on a gate. Um, I, I'm sure they kind of saw us. This was before blackout, so. Um... I believe it was before Blackout. I don't recall, actually. But uh, they they kind of were set up for us, essentially. They were already ready. And uh, there was four of us flying around with uh, a couple stiletto alts, or interceptor alts. One was a malediction. So our ships were a Loki, a Drekovic, a Carries, and a Retribution. And then two interceptor alts I mentioned, which kind of uh, more scouted and held onto targets. They weren't. It's really difficult to manual pilot two, two at once in fights like this, where it gets really intense. So really just the four ships. Um, so the Loki kind of, uh, it was an RD web Loki. The Drekovic was um, like, you know, standard Nullsec Drekovic fit. The carries obviously uh, big damps with a, a long point. And then I was flying the Nano Retribution. Awesome. So, and I think that's really cool to highlight and point out it's four people, four living, breathing people versus what we assume is probably a, a much larger group. So, um, we'll go ahead and kick into the comms here. This starts out as the all the recording is from the perspective of Jocastus. It's from his video. If you want to see the video, um, we'll link it, and you'll be able to get more of that positioning information and you, you see all the ships that are on grid. But really, uh, we want to key into uh, the communication that's happening, um, the different pilots that are talking, and, and how they're relaying information. And yeah, we'll jump into it. Find Tristan. Praxis is actually doing a, a decent amount of damage to. Okay, I, I can switch uh, dumps from Nasus to him. Yeah. Presented. To Karakal. Two, two dumps Praxis. Karakal is out. He jumped, I think. Karakal out. Yeah. Two dumps Praxis. One, I'm, I'm on Nasus. Yeah, let's go. Nice. So right now we're kind of just this is kind of the beginning of the fight. We're kind of just getting set up on grid. Uh, you hear us kind of just talking about who we're pointing, who the damp primaries are, just kind of communicating back and forth. If basically if one of us gets uh, targeted too much or you know targeted and damage projected onto us, we just communicate that. But uh, but Nith is doing a really good job damping the correct targets anyway. I'm just gonna kite off a bit. Okay, good. The drums Lock in, lock in, lock in. 
So Nip's just called Loki in, which is really key because the Loki has long long webs. So it's a, a really high threat ship to us. It just switch dumps to Loki. Yeah. One dump Loki. Two dumps Loki. One dump Praxis. Loki burning in, push up. Loki burning in, yeah. He's double dump, he's double dump. So that's super, super crucial right there where he said Loki's double damped. What that does is it allows me to know I can go in to, you know, within 30 kilometers and grab a point on him without him uh, locking me from as I'm approaching him, essentially. Are we putting DPS on Loki then? Yes, I think we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have point Loki, double dumps Loki. I'll burning in, but he's fine. He's, uh, he's gonna melt here. Fog Navy coming in too. I have uh, point, point double web blocking. I've been pointed, so yeah. Fog burning. I, I'm gonna switch point to Og if we have Lucky. He's dead. Lucky dead. Lucky dead. Switch point Og. Triple dam, Og. So one thing to notice here, guys, is. Um, if some of you guys haven't done small gang, you might have the impression that uh, like the person calling targets is you know much like in a nullsec fleet saying like you know Og Navy of of Dusty is primary, uh, you know so so and so is secondary. That's not the way it works in small gang. We just quickly like you know saying Og's, Og's next, like Og's primary. We're not calling really secondaries because things change. It's so you have to adapt to basically the position of all the ships um, because we're long pointing things and kiting. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to point out those really small, subtle comments that we're making, uh, give a shitload of information. What he's saying is like, this is the person we're shooting next in essentially two words, right? Og's next, Og Navy's next. And it's not so much a call, like a command, as much as it is asking for consensus. I feel like, you know, it's Og's next and, there's no kind of rebuttal. It's boom. That's the decision-making process. It's very quick and concise. And if a small fast ship showed up, like an interceptor, you know, someone else may just be like stiletto, stiletto, and that is like all it takes to get that consensus and and to you know deal with that threat quickly. Yeah, and it, it's also like not saying okay, shoot the og. It's saying maneuver your ship to a position where you can safely project damage onto the Og Navy. It's, it's, you know, very multifaceted. You have to think of everything almost in a vacuum, like of what's on grid and, and everything like that. You have to be very dynamic in, in the way you, you fly and kind of think about it. Burning in for points, the gate. I think they're gonna jump, but maybe not. Is anyone of them aggress on the gate? Uh, not on me. Not, not on me too. Uh, what drones are on the red tree, Feral? Who's aggressing you? Uh, it's the Drake. Okay, we can go for Drake then. I'm going for Drake. Uh, losing point dog, going for... I've got point I, I have point dog. That's fine. Just burning we back. Dog. Point Drake. One dump Drake. I'm hitting reload. I'm hitting reload. Two dumps out. Got a web 
This fog is very tanky. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Can we put the drones on uh, on the warriors if you have lights? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, they're pulling them. Never mind. Drake pulling drones. Drake, you're aggressing. I'm okay. off reload now. Yeah. Rubbing out. I'm putting my ladder on the gate. Praxis in. Praxis. Praxis on the rack. I'm gonna point them. Uh, I can go for point. I can for, go for point. I'll hold the AUG maybe. I will hold Praxis. I think it will be better. So right now, um, basically, they're kind of reapproaching the gate. So the AUG's way off the gate, but we uh, we want to hold points and we want to isolate you know, who's actually still aggressed so that we can secure the kill before they jump. The Loki uh, that was Cake calling that he's on reload, it just signifies that um, our, our, our Loki's, you know, going to be not putting any damage out for the next 10 seconds as he's an art artillery Loki. So that's pretty critical as, you know, we're a very small gang. So uh, it's basically me and the Drekovic uh, shooting things now and that's it. So we, we lost that artillery of the Loki. So really small, like, again, two words. It, it's very important to communicate things like that to your gang. Yeah, I think uh, similarly, if you're flying a rapid light ship, calling reloads is super important because it allows the rest of your group to know that those rapid lights, which are a you know high application, high burst damage, are, are not available for 30 seconds. So that's going to really key them in to, to be more defensive. Yeah, it's even like you said, it's even more critical with rapid lights just because of the long reload time. So right now we had an additional ship enter in the Praxis, and uh, we're basically just going through coordinating who's holding point. Go Praxis. I can. I can Praxis. Okay, I can point Drake then. Point Drake. Actually, I'm gonna drop point so I have cap. Okay, because I'm running out of cap. No, this is the grass. Point Praxis. Keep on the augmenting. Then Praxis. Damage Praxis. Uh, Gnosis is about to aggressive. Two down Praxis. I can't um, point anything uh, anymore. Uh, they're trying uh, to ECM drag, they're trying to ECM drag. What's trying? Uh, I think it's Gnosis. Gnosis is ramming drag. Yeah, Gnosis ramming. I, I can switch rub to Gnosis. Let, yeah. Let's keep on the Praxis and then switch Gnosis. Got web Gnosis. I have two, two dumps Praxis, let me know if you need anything else. Webnosis, Webnosis. One dump Gnosis. Tell me when... I have one bar of cap. So I'm just gonna pull towards you guys and do damage. Yep, yep. I'm not damaging. Uh, pretty low. Caracal in. Praxis in. Watch for MGD on the Praxis. Gnosis is still burning. Gnosis. Caracal burning in. Does almost uh, someone have ice on it? Maybe MJD? Caracal is ramming. So, uh, one term we use a lot in, in small gang is ramming. And ramming essentially means like flying straight at you with an MWD on. Um, so, a lot of times, like a ship that's ramming, uh, you can really isolate that ship by just kiting away. It pulls, you pull it away from the rest of its gang, and then you kind of just all in and kill it quickly. It's so in that Caracal ramming, that's, you know, you're likely going to see us move on to that Caracal pretty quick. It'll be a, a next target. I'll watch for MGD. 
Let's switch web to Caracol. No MJD on the Praxis. One dump Caracol. Just dead, just dead, just dead. Just dead. Two dumps Caracol. Kill Caracol, kill Caracol. Yep, Caracol, Caracol. What's hitting you, Demons? What do you need? I can dump. It's just drones right now, I just don't have any capacity. Just for ten. Yeah, They will hold the Caracol. Panorama. I He's can point you if we need to, but uh, second crack. Or, I, I can point so I point caracol. Okay. Shutting the wrong armor, but it's fine. Getting raped by the acolytes here. Can you can put, put your drones? drones? Your yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will. Uh, you're gonna force me off to offline dumps. Crack almost it. And a few volleys. That Let's go. Ferox is a grass, yeah. Let's go Ferox. I'll warp in, I'll warp in. I'm warping in this a little. Changing ammo for the moment. Ferox is I don't think there's anything across. Let's go Caracal. Let's go Caracal. Maybe it's not gonna I have a Dumps Nosnos. Let's go Caracal. Caracal jump, let's go Nasus. Ram ups have been getting bait to So at this point they kinda warped off and the fights this initial engagement's kinda coming to an end. But we are we definitely look to uh see what else they have, what else they're gonna bring in and continue the fight. So yeah, from here, uh, alts get positioned on the other side of the gate and end up catching some more ships, which we'll jump into. Sparks a second engagement. Um, but between this first engagement and second engagement, we'll kind of talk about how the communication, I feel like, is broken down into categories. And as we go into that second engagement, kind of listen to the communication and try to categorize those pieces of information and see where they fit in. So the first and most common piece of information that it seems is relayed a lot in small gang is positioning and threat management. So that's calling out like, hey, let's get below the gate. And that's organizing your gang, talking about positioning. Um, threat management is more along the lines of, uh, hey, there's an interceptor burning at us. Watch that malediction. Those kinds of callouts that are very oriented towards positioning and dealing with a isolated threat that uh, poses a threat to your gang. The second category I think a lot of communication falls into is status updates. And so that's constant chatter between the gang relaying what they have point on, what they have web on, where their damage is applying. Those are the kind of things that in a, a normal large-scale fleet FCs don't want to hear, um, you know, but in a small gang, it's critical, especially the smaller your gang is, the more important it is to communicate those pieces of information so that everyone is on the same page, knows what is being pointed, um, knows, you know, if your carries is getting forced off grid, then that's a very critical piece of information. I guess the last one is kind of like the enemy ship status, like to kind of counter the our ship status thing. And that's kind of um, who's aggressed and who's shooting what. So, you know, if, like, for example, if I know the Caracal's trying to shoot the Drekovic, um, you know, Caracal's a rapid light missile ship, I'm in Retribution, they're, you know, kind of a natural predator to me. 
but if he's shooting the Drek, I don't have a problem going in because, you know, he's going to run out of his clip pretty quick and then he's going to be sitting there for a while. So all that stuff is super key. Yeah, enemy aggression and incoming damage, uh, it's very important, especially you'll hear it more at the beginning and end of fights um, where you're talking about what's aggressed, what is the most threat to our tackle. And at the end of fights where we're calling out what is still aggressed, uh, what can we still kill before it can jump gate. Um, and then the last one is damage coordination, and that's pretty self-explanatory. We already talked about a little bit, but that's a piece of information uh, kind of each time we're picking a new target um, that has that depends on position of the group and what what has changed while we are killing the last one. So as we go into this next engagement, it's the, the gang has uh, one of the interceptor alts has caught a caracal on the other side. Um, ships reposition, get to gate, jump through. And as they start burning off, they start to re-engage. And you'll start to hear that those call outs for position, for what is uh, shooting our guys and, uh, and, and coordinating how they're gonna start this engagement. It's always kind of hectic when uh, you initially jump into things, especially with bubbles on grid, to get your gang into a, a good position where you know everyone's safe. So right now, there's two Caracals, a Ferox, and a Gnosis on grid that we're fighting. Jumping in. Okay, I'm gonna pull here. I have a Caracal of Tumbleweeds pointed. Yeah, I've got Nimari. Kane over here warped off. I'm coming through. Oh, I'm gonna, start keeping us in Tumble. I'm, I'm gonna switch uh, Point Nosses actually. Point Nosses. Yes, Tumble. Yeah, let's kill the Tumbleweeds first. I'll point. I have point Gnosis. Point Tumble. Plus web. You guys just can you scum? Yeah, I've got web on Gnosis. Ah, I'm super close. Web Gnosis. He's, uh, he's triple dumped here, should be fine. Maybe. We're falling. Okay, let's go for Gnosis. The Caracal, uh, can you keep Mali on Caracal and uh, let's kill Gnosis? Yeah. I'm on Gnosis. I'm, I'm gonna point Gnosis, uh, Kane. I'm pointing Kane. Gnosis is triple dumped. Caracs. One dump I'll Kane, two, two dumps Gnosis. Gnosis is pulling. Yep, I still have him worked at this one. Okay. Gonna die in a few cycles. Should be dead here. Kane is uh, trying to iron out, I think. Yep. Let's go, Kane. Let's go, Kane. Let's go, Kane. Yeah, yeah. I'm burning him for a second. Okay. second. Oh, okay. point Sarah. Switch. I, yeah, I'm switching point uh, Caracal. Kane is uh, double damped. Point One damp. One damp, fair. I have uh, point, point Caracal. We have Kane for us, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got point. I have Caracal. in the bubble, so it's a Baxter, you point the cane, I point the... Okay. 
Uh, Max just got a point on this character. Okay. Okay, uh, Henry will go for Faxon. Frey or Al, do you have, um, Hurricane? Yeah, I have Hurricane. Rapier. Pulling dumps to rapier. One dump rapier. Two dumps rapier. Three dumps rapier. I'm sw switching, switching, point. Switch. switching point to rapier. I'm switching point to rapier. Someone point Caracal. Point rapier. Triple dump rapier. So that's another classic huge threat uh, call is the rapier. So it's like 60k office right now. And you can hear Nif just lay the damps on that rapier. Yeah, without those damps going on that rapier immediately, uh, confusing Fed Navy webs could definitely web our guys um, and allow damage to apply instantly. Yeah, it, it's super bad news. So you, you like almost it, it's about four seconds, five seconds after we call rapier that Nith is calling two damps rapier and then followed by the third damp rapier. So uh, hypercritical play right there. We easily could have lost one, at least one ship. If, if, and really, like we lose one ship, we're we're basically done since it's only four of us. Um, so super clutch play. You know, it's easy to miss stuff like that, but it's it's very very clutch. Um, because yeah, I think shortly after this, we've just r basically rammed that heavily damped rapier. Kill the rapier, rapier. Next. rapier next. Damage rapier. Do we have point rapier? Yeah, point. point uh, switching point to Parax. Switching point to Parax. What rapier? Uh, a point Parox. Rapier is triple dump. I have one of Parox one. He's, he's trying to ram the Drake. I think he's yeah. a Yeah, should yeah. be Sino. I think he's triple dump though. Um, but... He's gone right here. Yeah. But let's again, uh, again, let's go Ferox after the Rapier. Fuck the Caracals, they're like 100 mil. I'm gonna lose point Ferox so I can keep dumps on the Rapier. That's fine. I have Ferox, I have Ferox. Kane in. Lost web, lost web reaper, but the reaper dying. Let's go nice. Ferox. Let's go Ferox, my dude. Moving in. I'll finish this charcoal behind. Can we get rid of the acolytes here? Zealot in. I'm gonna dump the zealot. Can we kill the acolytes, please? Yeah, put some acolytes. I got it. I got it. I got it. Two dumps, zealot. I'll help uh, back server with the. I'm too far for you guys for Three right? dumps. It's a cane problem. Uh, they're kind of on top of each other. I think the cane should be easier. He's Sorry, burning I'm out. Okay. Let's go. Let's go, cane. He's the easiest target here, I think. Zealot is triple dump. Sorry, I'm just gonna warp back account. to you guys. So I finish the scarecrow. Thanks. Zealot is coming too. I still have uh, Ferox. Fucking drop. The hurricane. Zealot is ramming in the drag. Damage, yeah. Uh, the acolytes are fucking me up. They're all putting acolytes on me, my dudes. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just clear acolytes on you. It's fine. I'll come over and clear them. I'm gonna drop point on Hurricane. So the the acolytes, it's pretty. He calls twice for that, and and that's primarily my role as the retribution. So hindsight, I I should have recognized that and just been a little quicker to get on the acolytes. But they were very tough to uh, to kill as Nith was zipping around in in different areas, and 
I was a kind of out of position as far as like being in a good spot for the acolytes as Nith kind of burnt towards their gang and there was a ship in between us. But the acolytes are uh, kind of a problem for Nith. They'll eventually push him off and that's why he's calling out that he needs someone to kill them. Yeah, and our Drekovic pilot locks up the acolytes and puts his light drones towards them and starts trying to work on removing them. Um, the other important calls there are that the Zealot is uh, has you know uh, is a ship that can project damage really far, and so that was called out um, as a potential threat. And usually that'll be followed up by um, I'm getting hit really hard by the Zealot or something along the lines of uh, the Zealot can't track me, right? Like there's going to be some follow-up to convey um, whether that threat is actually effective at, at, at dealing damage to our ships or not. So at this point, like I said, I dropped point, communicated I was dropping point, and I just headed over to shred drones off Nif. Because if we lose our carries or he's forced off the grid, we, we all have to leave. Okay, it's not... Let's go, let's go Zelot, nice. Yeah, yeah. If Taran starts burning, just block the Aranis. But I don't think... He's going for the... Let's not go Taran. For me. I'm, yeah. I'm half armor, I need to wrap. I'm just going for a little... From fun, I'm faster than him. Lost dumb Zelot. Are we can Zelot? Yeah, go, 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 go up and go kill Zelot. He's the double dump still, but I need to keep prepping, so... That's fine. Taranis, Taranis, careful Taranis, Ta Tanin. Yeah, they start burning to the side. Kill the Zealot, start burning to the side. So at this point, uh, a carrier is arriving on grid. It's going to be a, a big uh, hindrance or big obstacle for our gang to have to deal with. Um, so it's called out, and they're positioning to, to be less committed to the fight. Yeah, there's also uh, a Ha Nagelfar follows very close behind, too. Tyrannus, we need to kill the Tyrannus, my dudes. I'll put drones in Tyrannus. Put drones in and web. Oh, wait, what the fuck? He's uh, trying to run my carries. Fine, it's fine. Drones and web, just Tyrannus. One yeah, dump Tyrannus. Lost. Pistol on B. Mindy, pistol. Don't sell. Fighters, fighters, fighters going. Yep, 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 yep. I've got to walk away. Drive. See, the turn is worked on. Just work. Carcal in. Kill the carcal. Oh, fighters on carries. Fuck, there's no line. I might die here. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying, but I might die regardless. At this point, the carrier and uh, the the group is a little bit too consolidated, so our group disengages and uh, decides to try and find a way to re-engage or pick people off from a distance. So this is kind of an interesting move because they have bubbles all over the gate, they have capitals on the gate, and then they have some fast-ish tackle, and some heavier ships as well. And uh, we really want to try and take the fight to the other side of the gate just to kind of negate their capital presence. As, you know, they're going to be slow to get down to the gate and jump through. So that's the goal, is to get through the bubbles and fight on the other side. 
Yeah, and as the gang gets through the bubbles, jumps through, uh, the enemy group tries to chase with their subcapitals, and that sparks the third and kind of last engagement uh, from this overall fight um, as our guys burn off and, and you know, their group has overcommitted and start starts uh, the last engagement. Some of them are jumping too, so... Yep, they're okay. all jumping in, naturally. Triple dump, okay. I'm not gonna point anymore. Taranis, watch the Taranis. Taranis crashing. Pussies, I'm here on the gate. <laughs> are they aggressing? Nobody's aggressed me, and I'm they like, they're anchoring on the cane. <laughs> the Tyrannus is anchoring. They are anchoring on the cane, unironically. Hmm. Oh my god, that Tyrannus is just going to blast. It's doing 600. So right now, they're all kind of jumping in, and we're just kind of, we're just kind of seeing what they're doing here, feeling them out. Yeah, there's definitely some like posturing going on as our guys are already out at what 60k. Oh, uh, good thing. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tackle the Tyrannus. Uh, we should pull and just uh, um, lock in. Can you warp out? Thanks, sir. Point Tyrannus. Yeah, we need to lock you fast on back on grid. Uh, Tyrannus ramming me prob probably. From the side. Warp. Bring to you guys. Can we kill the Tyrannus? Point Tyrannus. Yeah, good damage on. I'll go. Nag me. Let's pull 150 off, my dudes. Yeah. Gonna MJ D8 right now. Yeah, you should. Triple dump, Caracol. Caracol, webbed, and DPS. Yeah, we pull, 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 cake, pull. We don't want to be yeah, in yeah. range of the Nag, dude. 70 off. Plus I'm lying, so it doesn't matter. Canes are uh, arty, just so you know. Yeah, they hurt. So just bit. watch your transversal. They have free cane. Oh. I have free dams. Oh, the Nag war. Oh. He's no, gonna war so Drive active. We can go yeah, for burn Sandy. Try and get... yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. Let's go, Sandy. Oh, I'm getting hit by the fucking zealot. Nice. Interesting. It's hitting me pretty hard. Into switch dumps. Burning up. Yeah, it's on Sandy. I need to switch dumps actually to zealot. Okay. Jump back. Someone's putting in trouble. Dumps. Probably the cane. Cane has drums on me. Web cane. Points ended. DPS and weapon cane. One dump. Yeah, the Zealot is like anti carries for them basically. He's only on me. He's, he's dumb though. One dump is enough. I'll switch to Zealot. That's okay. I have uh, one dump Scott, one dump Sandy, one dump Zealot. I'm not gonna go for points though. Put my damage on the zealot next. Yeah, me too. Timer in your uh, links. Timer in your links. Oh yeah, can you call out links? That would be super useful. 
Links. Sorry, can we go? I have point zealot. I have point zealot. I also have point zealot. I don't want to lose it, so. DPS, point zealot. A lot of damage. Sorry, you lost the uh, DPS for me. Okay. Heating on zealot. I'm gonna die, dude. He's seeing Loki go. The capacitor is empty. Oh, look at this you, what was hitting you the hardest? The hurricanes, the honestly, yeah. Yeah, I only can one dump down, so it's kind of lucky. When the Zelda dies, I can, uh, I can double dump the hurricanes. Let go in, there's a let in. Let's go Scott next. What's that? Scott. Scott Trinity. Yes. Gains are on me, I think. No, 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 no. Just... I'm, I'm losing points. I'm not gonna point anything anymore. Ah, uh, they fucked my drones, dude. Come on. Good. Okay, I'm burning in for like, Scott. One is on me. Two dumps, Scott. One dump, uh, Mara. So, you just heard me say, I'm gonna burn in on Scott for points. Scott's one of the RD Canes. Nith immediately follows with two damps on Scott. So, it, it's stuff like that. Like, he knows that um, one damp isn't gonna be enough for me to be within point range of that cane. And realistically, like if I fly well, I shouldn't need it because he's already anyway and he won't track me. Um, but none, nevertheless, like that level of, of uh, foresight is like super, super spot on. Like it's really easy to miss how, how uh, good, how well Nith flies in this. Um, but I just wanted to point that out that that little, you know, two damps on Scott, like as a reaction to me going to, ta to tackle it is super, super key. Got so far. Is this like um, cinematic or no? Second one is on me. Okay, Faye has down. points. Like Caracas or Clone, are they problematic at all? Does you want to blast the stiletto know. that's sitting at like low velocity? I'm too far. Yeah, too far, too far. jumped. Wait, wait, I, I, I load the U. Go for the Caracas, that's okay. Yep, yep. Drive active. I can web, it's I can point. web. I have point. Two dumps. Web caracal. Yeah. Oh, mamma mia. Good man. Well, oh, they, they caracal, have, caracal Sam. Caracal Sam is red ball. Yeah. Like a restart. Secondary Sam. He's burning back out. So Damn DPS and web on in lane. Look at the moves, look at the alpha! Two, two dumps crane, one dump uh, caracal, so... Damage I'm on caracal, so... Damage done. Don't worry about the damp on the caracal, he's shooting me and I'm close. I don't care, okay. I'll tank. Okay, well, I have a... Uh, Cyclone is still on. Go some, go some. Find, uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. Anyone of them is aggressive? Yep, yep, yep. There's yeah, Cyclone. caracal just dropped aggression on me. Uh, right, Cyclone. Cyclone. Like okay. Cyclone one dumb, still looking. One dumb clone, one dumb clone, two, two dumb scan. Munin in, Munin. I'm gonna switch uh, dump on Munin. Slido. Cyclone. Munin is uh, uh, already. Yeah, boxing. Slido rain. Yeah, let's call this Slido. Slido. Yeah. I make it. Two dumps Munin, one dump cane. Slido's uh, screamed. Screaming. He's gonna die. He's gonna I have one. He's dead. 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 He's dead
He's double dumped, double dumped. One dump communion. Is the communion hitting anyone now? Yeah, he's shooting me. No. Okay. We're killing uh, Maroc. Yeah, yeah, Maroc. Kane in Maroc. The other one is uh, coming into it. I'm out of cap. I've got a full range. Sorry. Other it's one. Fine. If you can, just full range. Okay, Maroc is on. Do we have web? Mara? Still have uh, Maracus web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got Feral long point. I have PSD Piesta. There's Stilato into Jumpy Relato, by the way. Or it's gonna die. No, 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 no. He's, he's not. He's not getting. Uh, Caracal of. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. No. That's gonna be after. I'm gonna switch point to Caracal. So cool. Point Caracal. Arok is pretty close. I'm, I'm fine now. I'm fine now. I'm fine. Anyone address from them now? Negative. I'm dropping the, uh, uh, damage tomorrow. Dropping a dump from me, maybe he's gonna address. Caracol is next. Is Mara gonna make it? No, he's not. Yeah, go Caracol next. Let me know if someone shoots, I drop dump so they can block actually. Okay. Address. Web Caracol. It's putting quite a deep hit. Trisan in. Cyclone in. I'm pulling. Yeah. I'm pulling off the caracol. Yeah, I mean he got jumped. He's waiting. He's wasting his clip. Tristan and Tristan. Caracol is wasting his clip. I'm switching point to Tristan. Caracol wastes his clip. Point Tristan. Go. Okay. After this Tristan, <laughs> I think we should leave. Yeah, I'll just check if they dropped anything good. Like last time? Uh, check, check, check if they got anything good and we should just leave because the next thing they bring is gonna be cancer as fuck probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good fight. It was uh, pretty fun. Yeah. I think uh, the carries proved to be pretty useful. Yeah, definitely. I love flying a retry up close. Drive God bless. I'm pretty excited about flying the retry with uh, carries damps because uh, you can load closer range ammo than standard and melt things. It's, it's just it was a super fun fight for me, and uh, having that carries like really enabled me to be super aggressive with my retribution on things. Um, yeah, so I I put in a lot of damage on all the targets, even though I was flying the smallest ship that's capable of damaging things. So yeah, it was a really good fight and. I hope you guys learned from you know the the comms. I hope you enjoyed it. It was uh it was kind of interesting to do. I I don't think I've ever heard something like this done on a podcast. So Blood's gonna edit it all in really fancy, and uh, good luck to that. That'll be a process, but uh... <laughs> yeah, I think this is gonna be a bit of an experiment. So please give us feedback. I think it's a it's a concept that could be really cool. Um, and we'll see where it goes. Um. Just to kind of wrap everything up, I think it's it's really important when you're small flying in small gang to think about your communication, um, to develop that concise information. Um, and obviously, as you fly with the same people over and over, you'll understand their communication style and kind of what information they're relaying to you. But generally, breaking things into categories, thinking about positioning and threat management, 
um, thinking about status updates, you know, what you have point on, what you have damps on, what you have webs on, um, relaying to your, your, your gang, uh, what damage should be coordinated on. So what the damage primary is or, um, something along those lines. And then, um, talking about enemy aggression or incoming damage, um, you know, if that's going to force you off grid, conveying that information, saying, I'm taking a lot of damage from that hurricane, I might need to leave. Something along those lines um, is, is going to be pretty key. Yeah, and like the big thing to take home is that there's very little wasted words. Like there, there's not many. And what I mean by that is there's very few words that are spoken in this entire engagement that don't convey information. And, and all the words that are spoken that do convey information are relatively abbreviated. They're very quick, you know, one, two, three word jabs between us, where even though we're talking over each other in some instances, because it's such a short message, you can still, you know, interpret what, what we're saying, even though we're talking over each other at some points. So... Yeah, I think there were multiple times Cake was saying, I need to pull. And we just interpret that as I need to pull range, you know, um, get to a distance. Like, it's just super concise, even just cutting off words, um, just because it's, it's going to allow us to, to have that dynamic. All right, guys. So with that, remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's how you use it. <laughs>